Okay, I want to relay a memoir in spoken form. In the summer of 1985, I got a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to travel to Finland. I remember it very, very clearly. Uh, it was in August, and I came down with strep throat about two weeks before we had to go. And so then I was given a prescription for penicillin, and magically it cleared up just as I had to go on board the plane. I remember watching KDLH news that one of the nights before I left. I remember the weather anchor was wearing a kind of a darkish green uh, darkish green clothing. Uh, I can't remember what the main anchor was wearing, but you know, I remember it vividly. And I remember it was a cloudy day when we went up to Duluth. It may have even been foggy. And Finnair came out of nowhere out of the lone, low hanging clouds uh, with its trademark logo. And it touched down at Duluth International. And uh, it's a very minor airport. I mean, back in those days, you just went in and got on the plane. Uh, there were people from all over that region on the plane, and it was a three-seat a three, three deal. I was sitting next to the window. It was my first flight that I can remember. I had flown to Florida when I was so young that I didn't remember it, but this is the first flight that I ever remember. And so I got to sit by the window and I'd never flown before, but I, I had no fear. I mean, the plane took off and you got to put in your headphones into the jack and listen to music as you're flying. Uh, back then they only had limited uh, musical choices or you switched a channel and I had it on the 80s channel and so I would hear songs continuously repeat by Wham, by Charday, by Hollow Notes, by DeBarge and uh, Maybe Bruce Springsteen, I can't remember all of the artists. And so those songs were circulating over and over again <laughs> as I was flying eight hours to Helsinki. And the movie that was playing was Beverly Hills Cop. And I got a chance to see the cockpit and and the pilots 
I woke up in time to see Greenland. And then we touched down in Helsinki. And I did have um, some minor air sickness on the way. And then we just kind of got, you know, escorted into the city of Helsinki and we stayed with my maternal grandmother's uh, two Finnish sisters in their apartment. And it was a high rise. The floors were, and the hallways were uh, not carpeted, but it was some kind of a linoleum or vinyl or, I mean, something of that nature. Um, in the hallways, at least. And then in the apartment, it was carpeted. And you had not a humongous kitchen, but you had one of those European-style refrigerators where the the um, food is on the top and the freezer is on the bottom. And um, they eat their breakfasts, at least back then, they, they ate their breakfasts differently. I mean, they eat bread and cheese and that type of stuff for breakfast, okay? Uh, I can't remember if they made any exceptions and had made any kind of American-style breakfast, but it was basically like a salty, a salty breakfast. And... Um, They read the, the paper and the Finnish newspaper at the time had this colorful weather map, even in 1985 on the back. I mean, it was all color and, and uh, they showed the forecast for all the cities using these uh, symbols, you know, uh, that represented, you know, partly uh, intermittent showers, thunderstorms, clear, sunny, whatever. They had these these symbols on the map. And um, they, at that time, they had a television, oh, I don't know, it was 20 inches, and it was on wheels. So it was movable. The floors were hardwood floors, so they had um, rugs on the floors. I, I think the bedroom may have been carpeted, if I remember correctly. It was definitely not a very large apartment, but it was efficiently designed. And um, well-built solid. Uh, the shower was kind of, um, uh, you know, the Europeans, they, in, the, in that style, at least back in that day, they uh, 
They just have a shower, they don't have a tub. And um, they have a sauna right in the building, even though it's, you know, it's kind of one of those uh, middle of the road high rises. There's a sauna right in there that people can use. And they had a playground for all the uh, young children. And um, it was in walking distance to, to uh, many of the amenities that were downtown. There were trolleys that you could just hop on and and uh, get downtown like uh, to the main district. Uh, I saw Plan City there uh, at the time and uh, got to see that. It was kind of, it's kind of a suburb of, of Helsinki. And um, I got to go to a auto museum out in the country where they had old sobs and, and maybe old French cars. I can't remember what all the models were, but um, it was a car museum and it was a kind of a, call, a small rustic finished town and um, the cafe was you know uh, they served um, simple hearty meals like you know I don't know if it was some sort of pork meal or, or uh, I forget exactly what was on the plate in that cafe, but uh, it was kind of out there in the country, north of Helsinki. And um, they didn't have McDonald's or any of the major, you know, burger chains back then. They had this place called Carol's or it was Carol or Carol's and uh, that was about the only American style fast food burger joint they had at the time. It wasn't quite as good as McDonald's, you know, it wasn't that good. And then we went to this one city where, or this one other part of the country where they had this tower and uh, we went on top of the tower and I, if I remember correctly, the tower rotated. And uh, so you had your lunch on, on top of this tower and I believe it was rotating if I remember correctly. And uh, since I was a young kid, of course I would be you know, I was only 11 or 12, so of course I would be going out of my head over the ice cream. <laughs> you know, uh, it was hard ice cream. It tasted as rich as cream, and it was very good. <laughs> and um, 
and then one of the the restaurant the revolving tower had had this like triple decker sunday i mean they put like all kinds of layers in it and filling and i mean it was you know it was just you know it was a very creative uh type of ice cream dish i'm telling you <laughs> and uh I got to ride the train there and uh, the way they do their passenger rail from Helsinki to Tampere is uh, you face each other on that kind of uh, passenger train or at least you did at the time. So you're sitting right across from somebody so you're looking at them on the train. It's not like the Amtrak, you know. Um, and it just, I think it moves pretty quickly and it gets you to town and and um, so I remember that train ride and uh, I remember taking a bus tour. I, I saw Sibelius's home I saw the underground church where Gloria Loring uh, sang in her video in the 1980s in her trip with Crystal Gale over there. And um, you know, I visited tons of people. I went to houses and apartments and all over the place, you know, and and uh, I remember one dinner. It was kind of like this kind of. I don't know what it was, a mushroom hot dish or something like that. And then we had, um, we had uh, ice cream and lingonberries, I believe, or no, cloudberries on top, I think it was, yeah. Ice cream and cloudberries on top for dessert. And we all had wine, I think. I, I forget if I had wine, I may have, I can't remember exactly, but. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I got to go to this amusement park. It was kind of like a, the Valley Fair of Helsinki and there was, you know, uh, it wasn't as, uh, extreme as some of the amusement parks in America, but I mean, it had Ferris wheels and, and, uh, you know, different kinds of games and, and, uh, things like that. And, uh, At the time, I didn't know about all the hot musical artists that I listen to now that were popular back then, okay? I was too young to, you know, investigate, you know, go to a record store and just kind of 
get a feel of who was popular back then. Um, I just heard songs on the radio, you know, that, you know, were maybe broadcast, they were kind of from, that were popular more in Europe than they were in the United States. Um, but I remember very vividly, but that's that kind of electronic song about Vietnam was popular over in Finland. That said, no, 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 19, that song. I remember it very vividly. It was playing all the time around there. And... Um... You know, they had the old Fiestas back then. I, I have a Ford Fiesta now, but, you know, back then they they still had the old Fiestas there. I think they discontinued the Fiesta in the early 80s in the U.S., but back, you know, there they were still driving them. And the old ones were a lot different than the new ones, of course. Um... Uh, so I had some relatives driving Fiestas, some driving uh, old MGs, uh, some driving Honda Civics, some driving Audis, uh, some driving Saabs, um, I can't remember seeing too many Peugeots, but I guess French cars are supposed to be popular in Finland. And... Uh... What else can I remember from those days? Um... I just remembered that, you know, the city traffic is probably quite brisk. I mean, people drive pretty fast in the city. And um, when my father visited there after I did, you know, he, he certainly found that out. And, you know, and um, I don't know if they've changed the speed limits or not. But, you know, when you go out into the country, you can, even though... You know, they might not have a freeway, they, I don't know what the speed limit is, like 70, 75, I, I can't remember exactly. And, um, I think the policy now in Finland is that they reduce the speed limit during the winter in that country. So they change the speed limit, it's not fixed. Uh, and I went on a bus tour again. I don't know if I said that before, but I went on a bus tour to uh, the far 
southeastern corner of the country and I saw a castle and uh, there was supposed to be a show there and before the show got started there was a bomb threat so everyone had to evacuate <laughs> and <laughs> so we were all sitting standing out there for I forget how many time I don't know if it was an hour or two hours I, I don't have any memory recollection of how long it was but uh, when it was safe and sound everyone got back in and I was so tired by the time that I stuck through the whole show. Um, and then we kind of went into this cave, if I remember, and there were all these stone sculptures in a, under, in a cave. It was, you know, kind of an artistic cave. And we drove right up to the USSR border. And I remember seeing it uh, heavily guarded. Uh, the bus driver said, you're not supposed to take any pictures. And I, you know, that, that's what he said. So, you know, I, I was young, so I said, okay, I won't take a picture. Um, And uh, I had a Instamatic at the time. I, I think I bought it at Peterson Drug. And it had one of those bar flash cubes. I mean, it was like a, a bar where you had many different flashes on it and you stick it on the top. And then you just pop in the, you know, photo cartridge. It was an Instamatic. It was one of the, I think, one of the last Instamatic models. Um, and uh, it was either bought at Peterson Drug or Holiday Foods. I can't remember exactly. And. Um, Uh, I got to go see the doctor because I was having some horrendous uh, stomach pains after I got out, out of the flight. And so we go to the hospital and there's a female doctor. I mean, she's in her 30s. She's blonde and she speaks English like she's a native of America, you know. Um... She communicated so precisely, so clearly, and uh, she um, recommended that, recommended some foods that I could eat rather than giving me any pills. Uh, and um, said, just find some playmates um and uh enjoy yourself over here and uh everything will be fine and 
what else? Um, um, and then one of my aunts, the one who speaks the best English, I mean, she speaks, she spoke it very well. And she's the youngest daughter, and you know, she decided that she had the patience to give me finished lessons. So it wasn't a Richard Scarry book or a picture book, but it was a it was a real uh, uh, kind of tutorial type of textbook. And so we went through the lessons and um, she may have even reinforced it as we were walking around the city, what these things are, what they're called. And um, We saw this old historic village, and I can't remember what they call it, but we were there for a day, and uh, And uh, what else can I say? Um, what was the news like back then? Well, it was very, they had two different styles of newscasts back in that day when they didn't have, uh, you know, international cable. The first one came on, oh, maybe around six or seven in the evening and it was a single female anchor format it was a local Helsinki news. I mean, the set was about as plain as uh, KDLH's set back in the 80s. I mean, there was no flash and dash on that set. And um, I don't know. The woman, she kind of reminded me. I mean, she was a blonde. Uh, she seemed like she was kind of tall, um, kind of a dark blonde. Um, and um, then they had the weather and they didn't have any graphical technology back then in 85. I mean, it was even lower tech than Duluth had at the time. And I mean, they showed, you know, it was no chroma key then. I mean, they had a guy pointing with a stick to a map. And, um, And so that's how the weather was. And 
you know, I I don't even remember if there was a sports cast. Maybe because it was a summer and it wasn't hockey season. That's probably why. And um, and so um, you know, I don't remember any sports casts over there at all. Uh, and that's probably now I probably you know, can intuit why there wasn't. Uh, and, um, what else can I say? Uh, then they had another newscast later on that covered the world. And that was a little more high tech, but you know, it just talked about international affairs. And I think it was a dual anchor format. Uh, they had this music video show, and, and I guess I kind of got that idea when I was teaching at MSUM. <laughs> because they would show a video, and... Then a panel of experts, or maybe they were amateurs, I don't know, but they would evaluate it. I mean, they would review it, you know, like it was, you know, like, this, like these music videos meant business, you know. <laughs> they were so serious about it. I mean, and, um,. You know, the music videos were, I think some of them were American, some of them were Finnish, some of them were British. I mean, it was all over the globe. And, and um, so that's how they did their MTV. They did it in a very uh, matter-of-fact way. Um, it was kind of interesting. And um, I don't remember watching any other shows because I wasn't fluent in the in the language then, and everything was in Finnish then. So uh, that's why uh, the music videos were fun to watch. And um, I can't remember. You know, one day my youngest, the youngest of the sisters said, well, what would you want to have for dinner? I bet you're an American, so I bet you want some homemade pizza. <laughs> so she um, so she made a homemade one right from scratch. And it had sliced tomatoes on it. it I forget what all the ingredients were, but it was... You know, it was better than only any homemade pizza that I ever had in America, okay? Um, because I don't know, my mother, she wasn't into making homemade pizzas. <laughs> she made homemade other stuff, but she, she rarely made a homemade pizza, you know? And...
And so then, then we had that, and that was one dinner I remember, and um, so, What else can I say? Um, I remember there were dogs allowed in the building. I mean, some residents did have dogs. Um, and uh, they were walking them in the hallways. And uh, it was a mixture of old and young. I mean, there were some young families in there, and then there were some older people. Uh, I forget how many stories it was, but it was quite tall. And uh, I got to play with some children there who I didn't know who they were, but they were in the playground, you know, and they were playing games and... And of course, um, um, uh, what else? Um, Uh, and, um, trying to remember everything, but I remember quite a bit of it. I don't remember many rainy days at that time. Uh, I think it hardly rained at all in August then. Or at least, you know, no deluges at least, maybe showers, but nothing heavy. Um, and when it's the summer there, of course, because it's located so far north, uh, it stays pretty sunny late at night. And, um, I mean, it's almost sunny until midnight. <laughs> maybe not till midnight, but maybe around 11 o'clock or 10. And, um... Oh, what else? Um,
you know, it was, um, it was a good experience, you know, because, you know, I met a lot of people that time. I mean, it was like a big family reunion, plus some of the relatives' friends. I mean, um, it was, uh, quite a memorable experience. And uh, the other sister who was living there was also in the war like my maternal grandmother was. She didn't speak any Finnish. I mean, she didn't speak any English. All Finnish. And um, so there was a real dichotomy there. I mean, you had someone who was just speaking just Finnish, and then you had her sister who could speak pretty good English, you know. So it was uh, interesting. And, and then you had my maternal grandmother whose, whose English was not so good because she was never formally trained in English. She just picked up enough so she could get by and and read stuff, read the newspaper, read some novels and and um, things of that nature. Um, uh, she claims she understood them, you know, I, I'm guessing she did. I, you know, I don't know 100% sure, but um, you know, uh, when she's over in America sometime, you know, and say things like, uh, when we were staying, when the whole family was staying in her apartment, you know, she, you know, she knew my, 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 she, she said, she said things like, I, I'm going to make this breakfast better than the Hyatt next door. And oh, she got all the grapefruit and the Bruegel's bagels and um, the you know the coffee bread and the dark coffee and you know everything. <laughs> she would slice up the grapefruit so you didn't have to. So it was already pre-sliced and things of that nature. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm kind of talking laterally here because I'm remembering in Finland and how it was in the Twin Cities in the 80s with her. And, and um, you know, one time she said, well, do you want to tour WCCO? And I said, sure. So she calls up WCCO. And she, and she you know, arranges a tour for me. And um, and I remember touring it. I remember it vividly. Um, uh, and I remember watching the new news with Tony Saffold and Bill Carlson and Bud Kraling, right in living color. 
I was kind of young then, so I wasn't, uh, you know, I was, it was kind of funny and, uh, got to see the control center, the old control center and, and, uh, a tour of the, of the place. And there were some interns there at the time and, Uh, and if I remember right, it wasn't the hot tub set then. They they had gone to the the new set, and you know I was quite amazed to see in living color. You know that you know what you see on TV is not what it is. You know it's just blank in the back. <laughs> you know, um, and so. Um, what else? Um, so I did that tour and, um, you know, at that time, downtown Minneapolis was a lot different because the Mall of America wasn't around, you know, it was the main place to go for everything. And so, I mean, so that's, you know, that's how it was. And I'd go there sometimes over Christmas break, you know, before my parents would come down to the cities to have Christmas with uh, Marlo and Peg and Karen and Lisa and all the gang and and uh, sometimes I'd stay there a week before and maybe I'd go to the that uh, rink they had in front of Orchestra Hall and And maybe we walked over to the Plitt Theater on Hennepin and saw a movie and went to Musicland and things like that. And um, And then, you know, my maternal grandmother knew how to get her way around the city on those buses. Uh, you know, I was on the bus with her. She liked to go to Lake Street and go to Lunds. And sometimes she would walk, walk to, you know, some of the privately owned uh, mini grocery stores near Franklin and um, there was a 
I think it was a hair academy where you could go and get your hair cut for a reduced uh, price. And it was just like a block or two away across the street from her. And so, um, you know, they cut my hair there for a, you know, and they were training and, and, uh, so that's where I got my hair cut sometimes. And then it was just a hip skip and a jump, jump away from the old convention center. Um, that's where I went to the first car show I ever went to was in the old convention center. Um, and, you know, it was kind of an annual ritual for my brother and I to want to go there, <laughs> you know, um, you know, we'd go to the state fair, of course, too, but I mean, we always had to go to the car show, you know, <laughs> Raj and I like to go there and, you know, see every model under the sun and... So that was kind of interesting, and then, you know, my father, even though he was a Vikings fan, I think he only went to the Metrodome once with Marlo and I, and we sat kind of high up there, and Marlo had his binoculars, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we were sitting very high up there. And, um, <laughs> so, uh, I remember that game, you know, from a distance in the Metrodome. <laughs> and I think my brother was the one who got to go to a baseball game there because he was a big baseball fan back in the day. And so he went to at least one baseball game there, um. And, um, what else? Um, you know, I remember visiting my great uncle Axel quite a bit in the veterans nursing home. I mean, he's a first world war veteran, but he lived a long life, you know, so he's still around in the eighties. And, um, uh, so we visited him there and, um, we all visited him there. Ethel did, my grandmother did, my maternal grandmother did, and, and, uh, Peg and Marlowe and, Jerry and Kathy and the gang and everyone. So, you know, he, he always had uh, plenty of company. Uh, unfortunately, he had to have a room with a roommate, but you know, that's the way it goes. And, Um, 
sometimes my father would get reminiscing and he'd drive around Simpson Boulevard and point out the old house that Nick and Ethel used to live in and said, that's the house. And we'd go driving by, by that and we'd go northeast Minneapolis and he'd say, well, that was that's where I grew up. And we'd go by the idol or Edel or I forget how they pronounce it, but we'd go by the hospital he was born in. At, at that time, it was still in operation as a hospital. And um, you know, sometimes we'd go to Lakewood Cemetery and look at the graves of of some of the relatives. And um, we go and went to the Swedish Institute quite a bit. I mean, especially in the later years, my father wanted to go there quite a bit. And um, that's where he got all his Marie Fredrickson tapes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I forget what else he got, but... Um, Um, and we'd go to the Minneapolis Institute of Art and the Walker Art Gallery and the Sculpture Garden. We go to the science, the old science museum over in St. Paul and tour the exhibits and watch the Omnimax. I mean, it's that was better than the IMAX. I mean, it's like you're in a globe, you know. You're just moving along with the show. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, so we went there quite a bit. You know, we went there quite a bit. And, I remember touring the old Ford plant uh, back in the day when it was still in operation and what were they making Rangers back then? So, uh, you know, I never toured the Subaru plant in Lafayette, but I saw the Fords when they were in St. Paul. And um, I think they were making the Ranger at the time, if I remember correctly. So we toured that one one day with my mother's Minneapolis childhood friend and um, and what else did we do my father, I mean, my brother was very involved in the STEM summer camps down there, so he would go down there a lot in the summer when he was older, and, and uh, tour 3M, and uh, take advanced enriched classes in STEM, and he got to meet a variety of people down there, and um, for some reason, um, 
you know, some reason his, you know, interests veered off in another direction when he got older for some reason. I don't know why, but they did. And uh, he was in, he made it to Boys State. Uh, he was chosen by, by the local group there because of his speech. I think he had to write a speech for it. And he went to Boys State down in Northfield and uh, participated in that. And... What else? Um, my uh, maternal grandmother's downtown apartment. I mean, when it was first built, you know, Axel and Dorothy were living in that same building that my mother, my maternal grandmother, was living in. And they lived on the second floor. And my mother, grand maternal grandmother, lived on the sixth floor. And so I remember, you know, we could just go down the elevator and visit them and then go back up. So that's how it was in the early 80s, at least. And, um,. At the time, I don't think any time during the 80s they had any security uh, in the building at the time. Um, but then by the 90s, they they put in cameras and, a, you know, someone sitting right downstairs as you enter. And they made it more secure by the 90s. Um... And so I was so anyway, um, so that's you know, that's how it was, and uh. And, uh, you know, even though it was a publicly built building, I mean, there was water fountains in the center and benches to sit on and, you know, uh, you could walk around in the middle of it and, and I think there was even a hair salon in the building, if I remember correctly. Um... And, uh, they had washers and dryers on each floor. I think there were only maybe two washers and two dryers, or maybe one or one or two. I don't know. 
air conditioning was standard i mean you know my mother's uh comes from a cold country so you know she can't take the heat very well inside at least and um so um so that was uh going and And, uh, there was a barbecue chicken place you could just walk to and eat. There was a Chinese restaurant, a Japanese steakhouse. Um, and then you could go further downtown and find other places. So it was pretty handy for her. And, um, and then some of the, some of the people who liked their liquor could just go over to the Hyatt and stock up. I think they had a liquor store in there then. And, um, so, uh, That's how that was, and uh, and so, uh, oh, what else? I've been to the top of the IDS tower. Uh, we did that in the early 80s. My dad had to go up there, you know, because when he was young, the Fauché Tower was a place to go to see all the sights. <laughs> uh, you can get a, big, a better aerial view when you go up to the, on the top of the IDS Tower. And I think I've even be, been on the top of some of those other, other those skyscrapers. And, and, um, Uh, what else? Uh, sometimes during Christmas, you know, my father wasn't a very religious person, but if we were ever down there on Christmas, we would go to Christmas services at the church where he grew up in when he was young in Northeast Minneapolis. I forget what the name of it was, but... Uh, you know, we would go to this Lutheran church in North, Northeast Minneapolis on Christmas and, uh, and, uh, and see the service. So it remembered him of the past. Remind, I, I should say it reminded him of the past. And, um, uh, 
I went to, we did have a big uh, celebration for my elderly, then elderly Aunt Ethel at the St. Mary's Greek Orthodox Church. Um, but I didn't only go to that party there. Uh, when I was very, very young, I went to a funeral there. Um, and uh, so, you know, that um, that was, those were my two experiences there, and, um, when, um, some of my relatives owned Montessori nursery schools there, and I was very young, um, I remember Ritva taking me and her rabbit to, it was either a jet or, I mean, a golf, I think they call it the rabbit back then, and uh, we drove to the nursery Montessori school, and it was during the time when that funeral was going on, and she thought she'd lighten things up a bit and take me there, and so I got to see what that was like. Uh... And, um, um, so, I mean, you know, and my uh <laughs> my father's sister was quite a game board fanatic so you know in the early days when we went over there for holidays <laughs> or events or whatever she'd all have us play some game i mean one one i mean one day one evening we were playing win lose or draw when that came out and she had a she had a uh, one of those kind of like those whiteboards they have in classrooms when it was on an easel and people had to draw things with a pen and, or a marker I think and guess what it was it was different than Pictionary it was kind of a takeoff they had two games like that Pictionary and Windows or Draw and um They always had a computer before we did, so it was always, you know, fun to go over there and, you know, play all the mech, the mech games on the Franklin and, and, um, then they got a Macintosh, so, uh, they had all those kind of games like Wheel of Fortune and, uh, I forget what, what, what all, you know, what other games they had going on that, um, computer, but, um, and,
they had those Coleco, Coleco games, those old-fashioned Coleco games where, I don't know if they were quiz games or what they were, but they were electronic, and and then there was this other electric, electronic game, and my, my father's favorite electronic game was this bowling game. And I forget where he got it, but... Uh, he was hooked on it in the 80s. And so was my brother. I think we all were. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it looks... I mean, at the front, there's a digital screen with the bowling pins. And then there's this kind of keyboard that comes out. And you pretend you're bowling virtually. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, you know, they just don't make games like that, electronic games like that anymore. And uh, my brother, my brother watched baseball. He watched football. He watched um, he watched professional bowling. And. Um, Oh, what else can I say? We always had Super Bowl parties, at least in the later days on Island Lake, you know, always Super Bowl parties and um and We played a lot of Trivial Pursuit and Monopoly and and Clue and those types of games and 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 once my brother, and it's kind of interesting, you know, he he wasn't a very talkative person when he was young at home. Maybe he was more outspoken in school, but he certainly wasn't that way at home. And I was usually the more outspoken one at home. And, um... I don't know, for some reason he wanted to interview my father one day with a tape recorder and... You know, he started asking him questions, you know. What was your childhood like? What were your favorite this? What was your favorite that? You know, he, you know, he, um, you know, a lot of times he wouldn't talk much, but he just kind of opened up that one day and wanted to interview my father and ask him a bunch of questions, you know. I can't remember if I still have that one on tape. I might still do and uh, so, you know, my father, you know, very kindly answered all the questions that he was interviewing him about, about what his life was like when he was growing up. Um, he didn't touch on all the heavy stuff like Vietnam, but, you know, um, just what it was like, what his favorite things were when he was growing up. And, um, 
it was kind of interesting you would want to do it that way instead of just talk to him directly. I, it was, it was interesting, you know. And so, um, you know, and, um, so, So it was, um, so it was, uh, like that. And we always had the radio on. I mean, in the summers, it was like, you know, I didn't always buy all the records and the tapes until I got into the, what, those old fashioned music clubs where you can get like, a dozen tapes for like five dollars or something, you know. <laughs> and um, you know, I think one of those subscription services was based in Terre Haute, Indiana, back in the day, you know. So, you know, rather than subscribing to all this expensive digital music, you could you could get a bargain back then for, for tapes, you know, and I don't know if they changed the CDs later on, but, and, uh, and so you ordered things through catalogs. I mean, Maybe you didn't have a Sears in your town, but you had a catalog store and you had the big catalog and you went to the the local outlet and you 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 uh, looked at the catalog and you set and ordered something. That's how it was. So you didn't have to go online. You didn't have to drive all the way to the main Sears. Uh, it was a, a catalog operation. And, um, so the J.C. Penny catalog and the Sears catalog, you know, and I don't know if Montgomery Ward put one out too, but, um, you know, those were, that's what you did is you looked and you flipped and you compared things, compared and contrasted things and were able to you know, have some presence of mind and, you know, really, um, think about it more, uh, cautiously, you know, than just pointing and clicking, you know. So I think, you know, catalogs weren't such a bad thing. And, um, I mean, some of the catalogs we got were like from Land's End and L.L. Bean and, you know, uh, 
things of that nature and um, we filled out a lot of a lot of that stuff so And so uh, I'm kind of rambling on here because, you know, I don't care if I'm saying right on topic. I'm just trying to talk laterally here. And um, so you know, and, you know, even though we had a, you know, a Montgomery Ward TV at first at Island Lake, I mean, you know, we just had those rabbit ears, and sometimes, you know, the Twin City stations would pull right in, you know, if the weather conditions are right, right, you didn't even need anything else, you know, um, and then they'd fade away, you know. And, uh, so you could even pick them up indoors, you know, at that time. And, um, and, um, What else? Um, what else can I say? Um, we liked remote control cars. I mean, that was kind of fun. I think I had a remote control Porsche. <laughs> I think Dorothy gave me that one. <laughs> and that was kind of a fun thing to do. Remote control downstairs on the linoleum. and. And, uh, I remember having a microscope and being able to collect stuff from, from the pond and look at pond water underneath the microscope. So that was kind of fun. And, and I look at uh, different things that you could look under, you know, look with, under with a microscope. I mean, it wasn't a very high grade one, but it was good enough that you could see things through it. Um, and, uh, Sometimes my, bro my brother, 
you would even like to row the rowboat on the pond. <laughs> you know, you know, he didn't even go on the lake. He would, you know, the pond was quite big enough, so he would row, row, row his boat around the pond. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. He didn't like ice skating at all, but he didn't mind in the summer um, rowing that boat around the pond. Um, and then, the, and then there was kind of a mound in the middle of the pond where the turtles would all kind of gather. And um, so, and then if you wanted to collect Lake Superior agates, all you had to do was walk down our gravel road and there they were. You could go picking for agates. Maybe not for gold, but you could get agates. And, uh, we had a Springer Spaniel first when we first lived there. I think we had a neighborhood of St. Bernard and there's another Springer Spaniel on the road and um, so, uh, you know, that's how it was, and, um, and, uh, the, the Springer Spaniel didn't like girls at all, so when, Kim, <laughs> so when Kim and Heather ever came over, I mean, they were not very welcome, welcomed by our Springer Spaniel because it did not like girls at all, even, it was a, even though it was a female dog. And uh, it only liked, well, I think it liked my mother, but for some reason it didn't like young girls at all. I don't know. It came from a home from an accountant in the Twin Cities. And and uh, for some reason it had some problems with young children, especially young girls. And... Um, you know, there were no fences or anything, but the dog, you know, stayed right on the property. I mean, it never wandered to the road or the street, I mean, the highway or anything. It stayed, you know, right in the property. Sometimes the dog would dash out into the woods or dash down to our neighbor Ethel's or whatever, but, you know, it always... It always stayed within the confines of our property without a fence. And it was also an indoor dog. It was house trained, so it could be indoors as well. And my brother was a big fan of that dog. He really liked it. <laughs> and, um, uh, And so I remember one day the the coat rack downstairs fell on him when he was very young 
and the Springer Spaniel's name was Mixi, which means Y in Finnish. And the dog started barking, you know, uh, realizing that Roger was in distress because uh, something had fallen on him. And uh, so then, you know, it was either my mother or my father ran down there and said, what's going on here? Well, the dog alerted alerted them that, you know, my brother was in danger. So, um, and that dog liked to carry frogs in its mouth, you know, and did some quirky things like that. <laughs> and... And, you know, uh, you know, and I think once uh, a porcupine, uh, you know, um, attacked the dog and I don't know what else did, but, but, um, so, um, you know, that was that story, and, um, oh, what else, um, my brother, when he was young, at least, you know, I said that he was stem when he was older, and when he was young, he was also pretty stemmy, and, um, he got this old adding machine. I forget who gave it to him, but, you know, he had an adding machine and he pretended that he was an accountant. And he, you know, uh, he put a sign on his door, on his bedroom door, saying that he was an accountant. And he, he pretended that he was an accountant. <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> and then, you know, sometimes we would do podcasts with our Panasonic. I mean, we would do uh, commercials. We would, you know, pr we would make up commercials and we would, you know, do interviews about maybe, this is my brother, you know, was into that kind of stuff he would you know I interviewed him about the economy you know like he was an economist you know <laughs> and so I um so um So that's how that was, and um, once I drew a map of the United States by hand, it was freehand, and I got it pretty good, you know. I'm not going to brag about it, but, you know, I forget how old I was, but, you know, I tried to draw in all the states, and... Um, and I laminated it, and you know that's 
when I was kind of imitating the weather people, you know. I didn't know the science behind anything back then, you know, but, you know, um, you know, that's, that's what I did, and, um, And then I use a chalkboard for all the current conditions and stuff like that. Or I mean, not all the current conditions. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. I would chalk them up on the chalkboard. So I had the chalkboard. I had my homemade map and stuff like that. You know, and I asked, well, you know, I asked my father, when are you going to get one of those, um, you know, weather recording stations like you have at the DNR. And he said, well, I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know, I begged him for it, but, you know, he wasn't going to do it for some reason. I don't know why, you know. And, um, you know, and, um, And so, um, you know, uh, so that's that, you know, it was kind of a, kind of a show. And then later on, I, I, um, I mean, in the summer, we did everything. I mean, we... We did a lot of things, so... I mean, it, uh, there was never a dull moment in the summer when we were children, you know. We, we didn't grow up on a farm, so we had a lot of time to be creative and... And, um, you know, just just improvise, you know, it wasn't anything managed. It was just improvised, creative playtime, you know. Do whatever you want, you know, think of up, think up what you want to do. Do you want to play soccer? Do you want to do softball? Do you want to play board games? Do you want to, you know, watch TV? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? So, I mean, it was, you know, back then, you know, that's how it was, you know, it was, you know, it was uh, a very creative time, you know. And, um, you know, my brother loved to fish when he was young. He loved it. I mean, he would go to the end of the dock and he would cast that line out for an hour or two and try to catch sunfish. That's what he liked to do when he was young. And, um, when he got older, for some reason, he kind of got disinterested in fishing for some reason. I don't know why, but he just did, you know. He got out, he got more into piano and bowling and things like that, you know. You know, he... He kind of, when he was younger, he liked to go to the end of the dock and fish for sunnies in the evening, summer evenings. Um, 
Unfortunately, I was allergic to fish, so I couldn't enjoy the feasts of his labor. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, it was always fun catching sunfish, you know, but I couldn't eat them, you know. And, um, so, um, um, So, you know, my father would say, yeah, it's a Saturday morning in the summer, so let's go down to Ethel's yard and dig up worms and and uh, spend some time on the lake and go sun fishing. And I think everyone in the family was in the boat, and that's what we did. And... Um, What else can I say? Um, I could go on and on and on, but those are some of the vocal memoirs I can share right now. So I'll just end it at that.